Welcome to the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa life is where accomplishment and harmony coexist. Now, here's your host and Spa Life curator, Diane Halfman. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa life is a lifestyle that accepts that accomplishment and harmony coexist. The spa and spa life, the SPA, is for seek power always, that power within you to do your deeper work in the world. I am so looking forward to introducing my special guest today, Yvonne E.L. Silver. She is a confidence catalyst and the founder of Women and Wisdom Media and Flourish. She teaches clients to flourish in business so they can have more confident conversations to powerfully engage their staff, ask for bigger sales, and lead a sustainable business that is balanced, purposeful, and fun. Yvonne, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Diane. A pleasure. Wonderful. You know, Yvonne, you have over 25 years of business success and you've worked in four countries, including senior roles in global firms and eight startups. That's a lot of business experience that's out there in many different cultures. Can you talk about how is it that you uplift the spirit of humanity by you know, bringing success nuggets to your clients and your protégés? Mm-hmm. Well, my focus is confidence. So I work with my women entrepreneurs, leaders, and founders to help them to flourish in business by having more confident conversations. That's the essence of it. So it's helping them to, as you say, have more sales by having more interactive, relatable conversations. So I have several tools I use for that. And then also to start talking about themselves and how they show up so that they show up confidently, authentically, and then they can be successful in business, sustainable, and they, they become great role models for their kids as well, which is awesome. Absolutely. And you know, you wear a lot of, of hats. I mean, you're sharing insights from the perspective of a speaker, you know, best-selling author, membership expert, radio show host. I mean, there, you know, between your online events, there's a lot of different perspectives that you show up with people with. And I'm just curious, where does your passion come from that you help elevate women? Like where does that stem from? Mm, well, I grew up in England, as you can tell from my accent. I, I love the accent. North America. And my dad was a post-war survivor, came back with PTSD. And he literally, I watched him literally drain the life right out of my mom. She was very timid, very frail, but she was a successful businesswoman before she met him. And I watched him drain her dignity away. He took the car keys. He gave a very meager housekeeping money. And I watched her lose her power. And I swore I was never going to be that person. And that inability of hers to have her own money, to have her own life again and be diminished really fires me up. So I worked in many uh, organizations in a senior HR role before moving into dedicating my life to coaching and helping women to ask for more, ask for a salary increase, ask for that bigger position. Because when women earn what we're really worth, it makes an amazing difference in the world. Yes, absolutely. And you know, part of our conversation here, we talk about, you know, disempowering moments in our life and how we've used those as catalysts to become more powerful in our life. You know, can you think of maybe a specific time where, you know, you experienced the PTSD with your father and something that clicked within yourself that you use today? I do, yeah. I actually spoke about this when I did my um session at the Phyllis Women's Conference. That was five hundred women at that conference. And I shared a bit about my story, which was 
at age 11, if you can imagine, you know, you're just going into high school and it's a big shift and a big change in, in your life then. So you really need to feel confident going into the new school. And I remember my dad getting the envelope for my exam results because we take a 11 plus exam in England and I had actually flunked it by two marks. And mm. I remember him opening up the envelope. His face went from happy to black and bright. You know, he he, he made... Literally, I mean, his eyes were like black. He was so angry and he said, you failed. You'll never, ever be successful in life. And he threw the letter in the air and he stormed out. And, you know, I'm 11 and I'm trying to follow in the footsteps of my my sister, who's a very academic student, and I was the wild, crazy, adventurous one out partying all the time. <laughs> and I'm not a scholar, although I did uh, clean that clean that belief up when I went to Royal Roads for my executive coach certification and ended up with a 4.0. So I was like, yes, (laughs) I am brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) But that, um, that experience caused me to carry a shield around. So when I went into high school, I got called a snob, which is, you know, in England, someone who's in a very sort of toffee nose um, because I wasn't talking a whole lot. That, that really sort of took the wind out of my sails. And even though I, I was striving for 40 years to prove him wrong. It still took a while to acknowledge that fact and to actually do that work on myself to move past it and acknowledge it and put the shield down so that I wasn't just hiding behind the shield and keeping other people out and not letting that type of comment hurt me again. I found that I was becoming smaller by being behind the shield. So it was time to put the shield down. And I I waited until... Yeah, 45 to do that. Yeah. You know, this is such an important thing to share. A lot of times I talk to my clients around that we have like three different aspects of ourselves. We've got our public life that we share, our private life that maybe our family and close friends, but then we have an undercover life, that part that we keep secret, that we don't necessarily show. And we have to evolve beyond that to actually discover that that's the parts that we're actually supposed to share. And, you know, I love how you've turned that around that, you know, what could have been, which was a disempowering moment with your father, that you actually use that as a stepping stool. And in case you guys, you know, are, are not uh, sure that, you know, you talked about you kind of were the, the play around girl. You did some serious studying here because you have uh, several designations as a certified executive coach, a chartered HR professional, as well as a certified Reiki practitioner and an emotional intelligence consultant. So you have many accolades that you've added to yourself and your repertoire of, of how you help people. Are there some other things that in your life that you feel that have really shaped you to be the type of leader that you are today? Well, there's certain experiences that I think shifted me from being a driven entrepreneur, which was how I was when I first came out of coaching school. I was ready to take the world by the tail. And I had someone pull me aside and said, you know, your your energy is very aggressive. And I thought it was assertive. So then I took some coaching with, with another coach around energetic resonance. And that was what led me into the path of Reiki. I think the other thing that's really fed into developing my emotional intelligence a lot more is having my son. So I have a special needs son. He's now 25. And growing up when you're being told that your son will never, ever walk, um, you know, that fired me up again uh, to to say, no, you know, I don't think so. Now he was two and a half when he did learn to walk, 
But I think that given the opportunity to have a gift like that, because he is a gift, he's my greatest teacher, to watch what happens to other people when they freak out when you when he's having a seizure in a restaurant and they don't know what to do. You know, that whole experience of advocating for him to get the best education really helped with my resilience level. I was pretty resilient before, but that just amped it right up. Yeah, I love that. And I know that you're a big proponent of just consciously creating things in your life to support you. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about your morning rituals and um, also about your conscious entrepreneurial focus? Like, How are some of those tools support you to be successful? Mm -hmm. Well, the morning ritual starts by getting up early. So I'm up at least an hour before anybody else in my household so that I get trying to center and ground myself first. That's really important. So that starts with a meditation. It starts with followed by having several, I'm actually doing mind movies right now. So Natalie Ledwell's mind movies. I love Natalie. Visualization. I'm doing some of those right now. Then I have a mantra practice and then journaling and gratitudes as well. So all of those things knit together in the first hour. And then I finish it off by uh, typically writing my word for the day, unless my husband's already up by that time, um, which is a, an opportunity for me to do a little bit of journaling and writing, ask some questions and pose things to my readers and put a, a relative picture on that. And just that whole connection between language and visual, I find really cathartic actually, to start my day. And then I'm into my day after getting my, making sure that my hubby and family is getting up. Yeah. So what's your word for today? My word for today, I started this in the beginning of the COVID crisis. So I've been going through the alphabet. So every single day I have a new letter. And today, Mm -hmm. did I write my letter today already? Oh, no, you made me think. (laughs) Uh, the, The letter today I had was key. So talking about what are some of the the keys to your success. So I post them on Facebook every day. If listeners want to read the whole series, I encourage you to join with me on Facebook as well. Uh, I love that. Well, you know, words are so powerful. And I love that you set an intention with that. And what's brilliant about that is sometimes we set an intention in the morning and then, you know, we go on and we do life and we may not always remember at the top of our head what that is. But when we write them down, there's always that resource to go back to. There's always something to, you know, have that foundation. And I know that as I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your book, um, about the like five concepts from that about the powerfulness of words. Absolutely. So just so you know, I mean, I also have little stickies that I write every day. So this one is actually for the week for the course that I'm taking right now, which is all about elevating my internal operating system. And the word of the week is expansion. So that's what that's all about. I love it. (laughs) So the concepts in the book, um, just to briefly introduce it. So it's called Words, Women and Wisdom, The Modern Art of Confident Conversations. And it's 40 different words and word concepts to help women elevate their confidence. So sometimes just one word can make a massive difference. As you said, Diane, a word like but, which cuts the whole sentence in half. What was said originally, people don't hear by the time you get to the second half of it. A word like just, oh, I just wanted to X, Y, Z, where you just removed all the whole power from the sentence. And now it sounds like an apology. Oh, you should X, Y, Z. Well, don't tell people what they should do because now they feel obligated to do it. How about if you use the word could? It's a subtle shift, but it has a whole different 
and it has a whole different energy. Still, I, I still catch myself saying these words too. I'm in practice too. <laughs> right, absolutely. Well, I think so, the more you have awareness around them, then you can actually catch yourself with that. I remember I kind of went through a phase where I was saying like, but a lot, and I knew that that was cutting off my words and my meaning. And so I started looking at, well, however or yet, or just like how I could shift that where it added more power to the other aspect of, of what I was saying. So I think that's really helpful to have some of those, those tools. Um, and speaking of like uh, powerful words, you have a phrase, stop, drop, and soul approach. I'd love for you to explain uh, what that's all about. Yeah, so that's about recognizing that sometimes we don't have to actually say anything right away. Sometimes we can be asked something, and as women, instead of you know getting a hot flush or you know tears emerging, if we don't feel that we know the answer, is first of all to stop. So by taking a deep breath, if you have a glass of water on your desk in the moment in the meeting, take a sip of water. So it's it's putting a pause in to begin with dropping back into your heart and really listening to what wants to emerge. And that's the soul piece that comes out. So it's not your head logically responding, it's coming from the heart. And it usually is a much more empathetic response. And yet it's connected to your values and your life's experiences and your beliefs. So it resonates at a different level. Yeah, I think this is so important. And, you know, you also talk about, and it's one of my favorite things to talk about is responding versus um, reacting. And as we can see in the world, there's a lot of reacting that's happening. And, you know, if people just took three extra seconds to take a breath and be conscious about their decisions, and as you talk about the pause, um, I'd love for you to just elaborate a little bit more on how powerful that is for us to take that extra pause. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly as women, because that's the focus of the work I do is predominantly women founders, leaders, entrepreneurs, realizing that it's okay not to have the answer because nobody has the answer for everything. So instead of, again, scramble, mental scramble and having sort of a blank face, which you don't want to have. I had Sharon Saylor on one of my shows recently. She was talking about you know when she's in deep thought, how her mouth is sort of <laughs> how she was told by a speaker that she really didn't look very intelligent when she had that face, right? But that's her thinking, listening face. So to take a pause and to think about exactly how you want to respond versus react. So maybe it's about, hmm, that's an interesting question. Uh, can I get back to you on that tomorrow? Or can I get back to you on that? Because I really want to put some energy around a formulating a reply because I can see this is really important to you. And then you stop talking. You haven't said when you're getting back to them. You haven't said how, but you've just basically said, I need to pause because I need to rethink about that. Right. And you respond when you're ready. Yeah, I think that's such a powerful distinction because I think that, you know, so many times we feel like we owe someone an answer right away, right? And that we feel like we have to jump in or that we have to have the answers on that. And, you know, it it gives us that breathing room and that space to actually make conscious choices. And so speaking of conscious choices, one of the things I love to ask my guests is, you know, we powerfully create our experiences and our environments and how we experience our bedroom versus our kitchen versus our living room is all different. Uh, what is your favorite room in your home and why? 
My favorite room is my meditation room. And it's because it's my space. Nobody else gets to come in here. <laughs> and it's full of crystals, books, and reading material. It's got mirrors so I can do mirror work. It's got my microphone in so I can do recordings. Um, it's got my journal, all the color pens I use. So it's my space and it has a beautiful view. It looks out over, uh, we have a whole, a, a whole block of pond in front of our house and it looks out over the pond. So it's just a phenomenal space. I love it. Uh, it sounds so great. And you know, I'm just thinking of like all the Zen experiences that you're having in that space and the meditation. And, you know, it reminds me about when we create sacred spaces like this, we're really having the intention to be present. And I'd love for you to speak about when we are present and in the present moment, that fear doesn't exist in the presence. Can you elaborate on more of what that means and how you utilize it? Mm -hmm. Well, what it means is when when we start getting nervous about something, it's usually because we are we are uh, projecting forwards and imagining something that's much worse than what's <laughs> likely going to happen. Oh, so that you know the acronym of you know false expectations appearing real is probably pretty common terminology. And I learned about this from taking one of Harvecker's warrior camp programs. And I remember standing on a telegraph pole. That's what. 40 foot in the air. I forget how tall they are. I had a harness on and yet being really scared about moving off from that and zip lining off and him saying, you know, there is no fear in the, in the present, just stay present. And as long as I stood, even with my eyes closed on a, an eight inch uh, disc, you know, very high in the sky. Yeah. There's no fear right now. But as soon as I start projecting, that's when the worry can come in. So mm -hmm. if we take each moment by moment by moment and stay with the present, it makes a massive difference to our heart rate and uh, the butterflies in our stomach and our heads don't go off squirrely into some uh, imagined fear. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, one of my favorite acronyms around fear is, you know, the F-E-A-R is face everything and rise. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah. So there's so many different ways to look at it. And it is, it's our perspective that can really shift our experience of it and how we show up in, in that way around that. So I know that you've got something around, uh, you talk a lot about the law of attraction. Yeah. Um, talk about that, especially in the times now, there's a lot of, of confusion and uncertainty and, and people you know, feel like they're not even sure what to expect for tomorrow. And there's just a lot of anxiety that's happening. What's your pulse on what's happening in the world today? And how are you utilizing the law of attraction to keep yourself grounded, to keep yourself positive, to move through those things? Yeah. Well, I think anytime that there's such a big hiccup, I mean, it didn't just impact you and I, it was it's everybody on the planet, pretty much. Right. Um, so I think first off that, you know, in acknowledging that this is something that's impacting everybody, um, I saw a beautiful post that was floating around. I put it on my Facebook page recently saying, you know, we're all in the same ocean, but we're not in the same boat. You know, some of us are on a, a floaty mattress. Some of us are in a, a, a yacht. Some of us are in a small dinghy with, with oars. You know, we're all in different places. And that's very much dependent upon our 
resources and our resilience. And I think as entrepreneurs, we naturally tend to bounce back much more quickly because we are twisting and turning every day to be, you know, finding that, navigating the water, right? And finding that flow. So law of attraction, when I'm working with my clients in particular, is about helping them to get crystal clear on who their ideal clients are. So instead of creating activity and just, you know, I use a a great book where they have an analogy of either if you're trying to attract boats, instead of running up and down on the beach, yelling out, boats, 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 come on in, you become the lighthouse standing solidly on the beach and beaming out this message for everyone to see. And that's taken from one of my favorite books, that the um, book called Attracting Your Perfect Customer, The Power of Strategic Synchronicity. Mm. So that concept is what I carry forward in my work is if you're pivoting in your business, you know, get really, really clear on who is it for? What are the skills that you as an entrepreneur can bring forward that you and only you has the unique combination of skills, experiences, education, and uh, perspective and beliefs to bring forth a solution for their particular challenge? What is the challenge? And getting really clear on that and then how to language it. And what I'm learning in the a new program I'm in is actually how to communicate it more effectively based on four different personality types as well. So if it's a, an action-oriented person, you're going to present that very differently than if it's a, a person that has more of a blueprint personality that's more traditional. And um, coming from the police force, you probably have seen a big shift just in your own demeanor and how you do things now that you're working more in the entrepreneur space. Right. And it's so important to look at the personalities, you know, as, as you and I both know, you know, that the personalities, they can either maybe initially attract each other, but then eventually they can attack each other. So to really know what drives people and, well, you know, what's important to them is such an important aspect in communication to be able to have that. So it's such an important thing. And, and I love that you are, you know, you and I both are both constant learners, right? You know, there's always something more to evolve to, to be able to support the people that we're here to support. And I know that our listeners are going to want to stay in contact with you. How can they go do that? So they can certainly look me up on LinkedIn. You can go to my website, which is Words, Women, and Wisdom, and spelled out A-N-D versus an ampersand, wordswomenandwisdom.com. And if anything that I've said has resonated and you're intrigued to learn more about the book, that is something that currently during COVID, I have actually a three-chapter excerpt as a gift on my website that that women can tap into. So you just have to click the link, get the free book, and then you'll be invited to pick up a couple of other tools as well. And we can stay in touch that way. Or find me on Facebook, Yvonne Silva slash 33 is my personal page. And I'm happy to stay connected. Perfect. And we'll have all those links uh, on um, the podcast notes. So you'll be able to get them there. And I just want to thank you, Yvonne, so much for your wisdom and for being here on the show. And thank you once again. Thank you, Diane. It's been a pleasure. Oh, wonderful. And for our audience, thank you. You know, you are what makes us keep going and we're here to have a positive message in the world. We can't do that without you. 
please uh, put in in the notes, you know, what was something you learned differently? What is it that you're going to take action on? Would love for you to put into the comments to tag both myself and Yvonne in any way that we can support you. If you, you know, subscribe and share, uh, it helps get the message in the world and that's your part that you can do. So we just want to thank you so much for being here. And until we connect again, live your spa life. Bye for now. Your host and Spa Life curator, Diane Halfman, wants you to know you can download her free guide to start living your spa life right now. Go to dianehalfman.com and click on the link for the nine secrets to step into your spa life. Now, live your spa life where accomplishment and harmony coexist.